Hello, 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 everyone. Good afternoon. My name is Al Wynant, and this is our Ask a Coach within Gomu. And I need to move some stuff around on my screen here to make sense of everything. Um, I'm excited today to be speaking with Joe Fagan. He is the Director of Strategic Partnerships for Ensure Fitness Group. And we're going to have quite an interesting conversation today about um, insurance in the coaching world. So if you are joining us live, thanks for being here. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to put them in chat and we'll see if we can answer them here live during the show. If you're liking the show, if you're enjoying us, click the subscribe button on YouTube and you'll get notified when new programs are available. So um, without, without further ado here, uh, Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Al. Thanks so much for, um, for for letting me join here, and thank you for this opportunity. You know, we've uh, we've really been thrilled with our opportunity to partner with Ingomu and what you guys do, and really appreciate any opportunity we can we can to get exposure for our our programs. And delighted to work kind of hand in hand with you to to collaborate on some interesting things to hopefully help forward our industry, Al. So thank you, sir. Thank you for for giving us the opportunity to work together. So. Um, Talking about working together, we're, we're going to be talking about insurance today um, in, in the coaching world, and that's a little bit that's a little bit different than what we normally do on the show. But before before we delve into that, you are the director of strategic partnerships. So talk to me a little bit about what that means. What do you do? Sure, <laughs> you know, director director of strategic partnerships. I think is really the is it's a it's a strong title, really. It's based on on what my day to day looks like, and and really truly it, it is what I try to do is find way creative ways where we can our business can collaborate with other businesses in the industry to find ways where we can gain exposure for what each other is doing, and obviously we only want to collaborate or partner with really the top businesses or the most um, you know ethical businesses in the industry. Um, but really, director of strategic partnerships is it's really designed to find creative ways where we can you know, link up with another business and come up with ideas for uh, marketing ideas or, or um, you know, collaboration ideas. It could be cause marketing. It could be just back and forth social posts, whatever it might be, ways that we can help bring our message to the community and to help, um, you know, get, you know, get exposure to, to, to larger and, you know, larger groups of individuals within, within, uh, you know, within the field. And, you know, any strategic partnership should be beneficial for both sides. And that's really what I always try to, you know, try to accomplish. How do you, and maybe I should have started with this question, but how did you get into this? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I, you know, I was, um, I, I had been speaking to the owner of the, of, of our organization at the time. His name was Joe Doyle and he ran, he, he, he was here. He had a business here in Jacksonville. I was, I was working in another career um, and my career had taken me to, you know, all over outside. I was, I grew up, was born and raised in Jacksonville. My career took me to Pensacola, then to Boston, to Atlanta. I really had a strong desire to move back to Jacksonville. And I connected with Joe Doyle and he ran two publications. He ran Massage Magazine and Chiropractic Economics Magazine, but he was trying to launch a, a, a liability insurance business. Um, it started uh, all about massage. It was, it was to help protect massage therapists. The same, at, at that time, a lot of the major franchises started to require that therapists carry liability insurance to work there. So he was trying to build a program and it just needed some help um, building, you know, on the business development side of things. So, so we connected and we spoke, actually, we spoke for a couple of years before it was launched. And once he did launch it, he brought me on, this was back in 2010, to really help form relationships that would facilitate the growth of this business. And, and it did, he brought me on and it was great. We just, you know, we really, 
we really blew things up for the first couple of years. And our, our, the, the success we found in massage showed us the opportunity to build programs in some ancillary spaces, including, of course, the, uh, the fitness space, the yoga space, um, even the beauty space, some of the and, and, and a few others. Thanks for sharing that. So if you are watching us live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, put your questions in chat and we'll see if we can answer them live during the show. Um, we've already gotten some great, interesting questions. So I'll share those with you in a second. But before we delve into that, we generally, as I said earlier, have conversations with life, soul, wellness and work coaches um, on this show. But today it is going to be a little bit different. Um, many users on the Ngomo app, using the Ngomo app, are actually fitness instructors here in the fitness world. So we thought it would be a little bit interesting to have a more targeted conversation um, for that audience on today's on today's show. So, um, so, so Joe, in, in the last you know in the last three or three or so years um, with the COVID pandemic, how has that changed how you know wellness coaches, fitness coaches, you know operate? What's what's changed in the industry? Have you seen something there? Well, that's a really good question. And definitely probably the, the biggest thing that we saw as a result of the pandemic was this appetite for self-care programs at home, you know, for three years, two years, in some cases, only a couple months, depending on where you're from. You know, we were locked down inside of our homes for, for such a long time. So people started to, number one, find opportunities to do business from home and online. And then on the other side, customers started to be interested in doing their self-care routines from home. And personally, we built a garage gym. That was how we kind of solved our own our own issue there. But um, as a result of that, you now see um, personal trainers and in various other business models doing these online programs where they're able to give instruction from home to customers who are working out from home. And that has also really kind of changed the insurance landscape as well as now there's the ne a need for coverage for you know live online um, video uh, on uh, instruction in addition of course to live face to face but then there's also now an appetite for coverage for you know pre-recorded videos because a lot of instructors are now putting content out there that people are consuming via YouTube or what have you so that's probably the biggest change we've seen is is more and this is not just in the fitness space we see it in the beauty space and all these but more more uh, uh, work from home type of uh, self-care applications. So um, we've, we've gotten some good questions from uh, some of our viewers in here in advance. So um, I'll share those with you on the screen here, if I can find them, obviously. Um, but Matt in Broomfield, Colorado said, I love working out and I'm thinking about getting my certifications to become a personal trainer. Before I start, I want to know all of the issues uh, that may cause issues for my business, so to speak. What should I look out for? Yeah, I mean that it's a that's a very broad general question, but it it is a really good question, and 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 I apologize for what's what's going to maybe even sound like a broad general answer, but the, the the biggest most important step in terms of protecting your business and making sure you're covering all the issues is really understanding what you're going to be doing. What what is your business going to be? What modality you're going to be practicing? What 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 are you going to be doing during sessions? And uh, uh, and of those practices that you're doing, what are the risks associated? What are the potential outcomes of the associated? Getting a full scope and understanding on what you're doing, you know, what those risks might be. And that gives you the framework to now start building a program or to start reaching out and finding protection for those things. You know, a company like ours, and there's a few other companies in the industry, you know, that's really what we were designed for is to, is to, is to, is to cover those 
potential negligence or potential, you know, slip and fall injuries that could occur as in, in the normal scope of, a, of an insurance of a, excuse me, of a, uh, of a fitness program, whether it's a personal training or a group fitness program. So that was, that's really the first thing is do an audit of what you're doing. And then, you know, kind of get an understanding on what you need to protect your business. And in most cases, you're going to need some general liability, some professional liability, maybe some rental damage insurance, some equipment coverage, um, you know, and again, but the biggest thing I would say is, is do that audit and then maybe reach out to insurance companies and start asking questions and they'll help guide you along on what, on what you fully need to protect your business. Thank you. And then I had to laugh a little bit at this question, but I'm not in a funny way, but you know, Penny and Scottsdale asks, yeah, I have a few clients who don't follow instructions well, and I'm afraid they may hurt themselves. You know, aside from me kicking out of my gym, other ways to protect them and myself. And I laugh because I'm sorry, the guy who never reads instructions. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that is um, is to have everyone sign a waiver because um, that's going to help you. That's going to be your first layer of protection. And that waiver, just to go kind of back to my last answer, a waiver, by the way, a waiver can is not the only thing that you need to protect your business. A waiver is just one step because if true negligence is found, a waiver is going to be thrown out and then you're going to really need that liability insurance to cover any costs associated with a, with a true claim. But um, a waiver is a great first step and the waiver really should lay out everything, everything that's going to happen during your practice, the potential risks, the potential outcomes, all clearly laid out, signed and, and a release of liability. But really to follow up on that, I think a personal trainer might be a better person to ask this question to somebody who's, who's doing it and who gives those and, probably, and deals with those. The one thing I can pull from in my past life is I, I happened to, to previously at one time be a golf instructor and I would, I would work with clients all the time. And some of them were excellent. They, you know, athletes I found to be some of the easiest people to train. We even trained a couple of, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars and they were just great listeners because they were used to being coached, but the rest of the world um, isn't. And, and so sometimes it's really tougher to give those instructions and, you know, particularly in golf or even in fitness, personal training, it's, it's tough to get somebody to do things that are uncomfortable. So what I would tell all my clients is while you're with me, while you're practicing, do it exactly as I tell you. Then when you go out to the course, do what's comfortable. What you're going to find is eventually those two things are going to mold into each other. And when you go out to the course, you're going to be doing these things that you're practicing in here and your swing's going to get better. I don't know how to translate that exactly to personal training, but that's the best experience I can, I can pull from to, to give a, a given answer. That makes perfect. That makes perfect sense. You do it as I do it here and then kind of figure out your own path on the field, so to speak. Yes. Um, I may use some golf training. I'm not very good. Yeah. Um, Next question from Rob in Raleigh, North Carolina. Brand new to the fitness industry and aware I need to protect myself and my clients. What questions should I ask a prospect insurance provider before signing on? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's another good question. I think really the, the, the biggest thing when you're talking about asking an insurance, when asking the right questions of an insurance company, the, the biggest thing, and I, and I feel like I keep going back to this, but really understanding what your business is and what your practice is and making sure you're asking the insurance agent, do you cover what I do? And I say understanding your business, because like, for instance, in yoga, which is a big space that we cover, there's hundreds of different um, types of yoga. There's Kundalini, there's, you know, the asana, there's um, several different kinds out there. So you want to make sure that the insurance company specifically covers the modality in which you teach. And that can have that same thing with group fitness, personal training. Are you doing contact, non-contact? Does the insurance company cover all those things? So understanding your business and asking if the insurance company covers everything you do is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. One other thing that I recommend too, and 
people that are outside of the insurance industry don't know this, but I feel like it's an important one. I want to mention it is ask whether the policy that you're that you're enrolling into is an occurrence form policy or a claims made policy. Those are two very big different policies. Um, ours is an occurrence form policy and it is the recommended one. It's it's typically a little more expensive. We don't charge more for ours, but we don't. But that's that's our own personal business decision. We didn't want to reduce. We didn't want to inflate our margins by charging more for for what's what's a stronger insurance. But the diff, the only difference between a claims made and insurance form or, or occurrence form coverage is the, the the claims reporting period. So a policy period, for instance, it's one year. So if somebody buys a policy in April. That policy lapses the following April. If a claim, if a, if if an in, in, injury happens during that year. Um, but let's say let's say at, let's say after that year lapses, a claim comes in, which happens more often than you'd think. Um, a claims made policy would not cover that claim. So if the if the injury happened during your policy period, but the claim came in and let's say May after your policy expired, that that a claims made policy would not cover that. And there's a lot of policies out there that are claims made. Um, so it's definitely a good question to ask. And a occurrence form co- policy typically has no limitation on a reporting period, meaning that if a claim comes in and it was reported six months, a year later, uh, an occurrence form policy is going to cover that. And again, a lot of people might hear that and say, oh, that doesn't seem like a big deal. Claims probably didn't come in pretty quickly. Well, we did an audit in 2017. 21% of the claims we p- paid came in after the reporting period, after the policy period. Mm-hmm. That translated into 36, 36% of the money we paid out in claims that year were for claims that came in after the policy period. So it happens much more often than you think. So that's a big one. And that's somebody that if you're not in the insurance business, you wouldn't think to ask. So I, I try to mention that as often as possible. Well, pay attention to this one. <laughs> so a so, uh, question from Juan in San Antonio. If yes. So what are your top tips in your experience as an insurance person to proactively protect yourself and your clients? I think you've already touched on some of those here, but is there anything else we can we can add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think one of the biggest things is really understanding your client, understand their limitations. Do they have any pre-existing conditions that you need to be mindful of to make sure that you're not going to, you know, uh, give them instruction that's going to lead to an injury? Um, make sure you understand your own limitations. Um, it, make sure you're staying on top of the most up-to-date continuing education in the space. I mean, there are providers out there constantly updating and providing new information based on new sciences that come out. So stay ahead of that. You know, be educated. We do find that most people in our space spend a ton of time on that in the education piece. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing. Pe- people in our industry aren't typically hurting people. That's a wonderful thing. But, you know, make sure you're doing all of that work. Know your customer, know yourself. Make sure you have some waivers, have your customer sign, have your client sign a waiver. And then, of course, make sure you're covered with an occurrence form policy and at least make sure you have some professional liability and some general liability. Professional liability covers your negligence. General liability covers that slip and fall accident. The air condition leaks, they slip and fall and hit their head. You need coverage for both of those because they're very common uh, claims that come in. And we had a question that came in from online, which I'll show here on the screen. What should we expect to pay for virtual coach insurance that does not involve physical activity? I, you know, that's that's an interesting question. I might I might want to first ask a couple of questions back about that because I'd want to get a deeper understanding. I, I will say this: our program 
offers that type of coverage for uh, our retail rate is just $169 a year. And when I say, but now virtual coaching can, can, can be a pretty broad um, spectrum. So it really would depend on what type of coach you are and the risks associated with that. And, um, you know, insurance company is always going to take a look at the ecosystem. So what you're doing and, and what type of claims, what type of risks are associated with that. So some coaching is going to be much riskier than others. So it's a very broad, it's a very tough question to answer. I will say that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, when you were buying any type of insurance in this space, you were expected to pay several hundred dollars, even a thousand dollars as an individual for coverage. We've been able to bring those costs down tremendously with better education, um, and everything to under $200 in most cases for a year of insurance. Um, I don't know if that's exactly going to fit Joyce with what you do, but uh, um, I know in the experience that we have in the industry for the things that we cover, we've been able to find programs or offer programs at less than $200 for a whole year. And I think Joyce is more of a leadership, a work coach, because she also said, you know, I'm a leadership coaching. So it's very different than fitness coaching, obviously. So um, I'm not sure if you want to add something to that. You know, and, and really that is, again, I'd still want to even ask a, a, a couple of follow, more follow-up questions to get an understanding of that. And then actually get whatever answers I got, I would probably still need to consult with our underwriters to get a better determination on what that might look like. But I would feel leadership coaching might even be, would probably be somewhat less risky than personal training or fitness. So I would feel as long as you were able to find a company that was able to build this out as a group policy. And I say that because if you go to a local agent, you try to get a program built, sometimes it's, you know, you're going to probably be in the hundreds of dollar range, but there are typically programs in these spaces, health coaches, life coaches, even leadership coaches that have built group programs like we have to help drive the cost down. So um, yeah, Joyce, if there's a way we can connect after this and I can help guide you, I'd be delighted to. And I'll, I'll check with Joyce if it's okay to connect you via email. Um, and then I will make that introduc introduction work. So um, kind of thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing those, those answers. Um, now, um, I want to kind of hear the funny stories, <laughs> the slip and fall stories. So what are some, what are some examples you've heard of, you know, people in, you know, people, you know, fitness professionals out there, you know, um, that had issues and did not really have the right, uh, the right protections. Well, you, you, at the very end of that question, you said, what is uh, the issues of folks that did not have the right protections? I will no say protection. that we, we, we have our finger on the pulse of people that do have it because that's what we do. You know, our customers do have, have our insurance. So we get, you know, the benefit of seeing what those claims look like. And, and of course, being able to offer the necessary protection of our clients when those claims do come in. Though just being in the industry, of course, we do hear the horror stories of the companies that are the of the clients that don't have it, and of course, their their life or career could be altered based on it. But it's 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 really a slew of things. What we tend to see most, um, and I find this to be somewhat of a good message, we tend to see more general liability claims than we do professional liability. And why is that a good thing? Professional liability is a claim due to the negligence of the uh, of the trainer. So if they do something within the scope of practice that injures the client, and it's due to the trainer's negligence. Those are professional liability claims. They do come in, but they're very rare. And that's a beautiful thing. That means people in our industry are typically very well trained to keep in, in injuries from happening. We do see a higher amount of general liability claims, which is what people call that trip and fall insurance. So, you know, it's and why I find that to be a good message is, again, our trainers are very heavily well trained at what they do. But it's really hard to foresee that freak accident, that water that's dripping from the roof that causes your client to slip and fall. Um 
those are probably a, a more common occurrence. And again, really tough to navigate that landscape when you simply just don't know that that's going to happen. It really is not based on your training. It's based on something that happened that was outside of your control. I know that's not exactly the question you were asking. But that's a, I mean, that's typically what we see. It just happened here in, in our in our neck of the woods last week or two weeks ago where I'm not going to name the location, but the whole um, the whole air conditioning venting system fell down. You know, freak accident and six people got injured as part of that. So uh, obviously that's an unfortunate thing, but everyone is okay now. Um, so there's one thing you um, you alluded to in the beginning, and it's something that you that you do really well, I think, as an organization. So and it's and it fascinates me. So you not only provide insurance, but you also have a whole toolbox of other services to really help out your members. So talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. And thank you for, for bringing that up. We, we do. Um, we go to great length to provide additional value into our program. And we do that by design. I mean, one reason we do this is we are offering liability insurance, insurance. We're offering a product that people buy that they hope they never use, which is, you know, a strange thing to do, if you, if you will. And we hope you never use it too. And nine, and most people won't. And that's a good thing. You, 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 you want to be protected. You don't want to ever have to use insurance because that means something poor, poor, bad has happened. Um, so knowing that and knowing that most of our customers don't, won't ever have to use the insurance, even though they will need it just in case of, of, of an incident, we want to provide them something useful. So, so one of our strategies is to, is negotiating with industry, with other companies within our industry to provide our customers discounted access on products that are meaningful to them. Our wonderful partnership with Ngomu is a perfect example of that. You know, if you are, because of our, because somebody is a customer of ours, they can potentially get a, um, you know, a value added access to Ngomu. So thank you guys for that wonderful piece and um, value to our customers. But we do that also with other companies in the industry. So we have discounts on things like continuing education, um, tools and products, clothing, uh, you know, a, a slew of things that are meaningful to our industry professionals. Um, additionally, we also provide access to things that a lot of our folks in our industry don't have access to because they don't work for a major employer. Things like group rates on dental insurance and vision insurance and telemedicine and a concierge, a concierge service that will walk them through um, uh, uh, the best healthcare options that they can find online. Um, you know, again, it's really it's really to provide additional. Oh, that's those are so those are some of the industry discounts and insurance options. But we also provide a slew of content related to helping our customers um, succeed in business. Again, what we found is our customers they have put their time, effort, passion, and attention into their craft, into what they do, and that's exactly what they should be doing. Some may need a little bit of help on how to be successful at that. So we try to provide that content, how to build your social media following, how to become an LLC, how to file your taxes, how to do all these wonderful things that you may not, you know, that may not have been taught when you're, when you are getting your, your fitness certification. So, um, yeah, there's, you know, we, we kind of consider it a business in the box. It's a full suite of employee benefits, member benefits, and of course the necessary liability insurance to protect you and your business. And we're, we're thrilled to be part of that. So thanks for inviting us to be part of that. And so for anybody listening here, if you need liability insurance as well, we'll talk about it at the end, but you can also get a discount since you're listening to our show or a part of Ngomo as well. So we'll share a little bit more at the end about that. So uh, before I get into the top three takeaways, Joe, what should I have asked you that I didn't? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's I, I, that's that's one of my favorite questions to ask because you always uncover something, right? Well, the one thing that that does come to mind that I at least want to mention here is that because I, I know this this podcast this this may go out to somewhat of a global audience. Um, typically, insurance insurance uh, liability insurance um, programs are bound to a single country code. Ours is ours is only U.S. based, so I did want to mention that here. There are some insurances that cross country codes, but it's really difficult because every country has different laws and regulations around insurance. So it's really difficult to get one that does. Most cases they'll have you, you're able to get maybe like a temporary rider to do like a week long retreat in another country or what have you. But I do want to mention that our program is designed. It's all U.S. based. If you are outside of the U.S. and you need a referral to a to a um, insurance provider in your neck of the woods, Feel free to reach out to me. I'm not sure if I have the connection, but if I do, or I can certainly try to research it and help you. Being, We are now a part of a much larger company. We were acquired by Arthur J. Gallagher in 2019. That immediately made us part of a global ecosystem. And so we have some connections in other countries if um, that may be of help to, to folks that are not U.S.-based. Thanks, Joe. And so what are your top three takeaways from today's conversation? Oh, I love it. Um, I mean, the, the, the biggest and first thing I'd say is just know your business, know the practice, know the risks and know the outcomes. Know, you know, know, know your business. That, that's such an important thing. And I, I know that sounds just a very generalized knowledge, but it's, it's, it's more than just knowing what you're doing. It's understanding you know, the risks of your business and, and how to protect yourself from that. Mm-hmm. The second takeaway would be just constantly work on improving yourself, um, constantly work on improving your practice, improving your business. You know, make sure you're staying in, you know, on top of the most updated science, the most updated trainings. And of course, you know, work on, you know, being successful at that by building your social media presence and what have you. And then the third piece would just make sure you protect your business by getting the necessary waivers in place. Make sure all of your clients sign a waiver that that fully lays out all of your risks and outcomes. Make sure you're um, you, you have the proper liability insurance to, to fully cover your business and um, in yourself long term. That would be my three takeaways. Thanks, Joe, for sharing that. And before we get into the 10 questions, I wanted to uh, first thank you for, for sharing, but also a reminder that you are watching or listening to Ask a Coach with Ngomo. My name is Al Wynant, and today I'm speaking with Joe Fagan, uh, the Director of Strategic Partnerships with Ensure Fitness Group. You can also catch this um, Ask a Coach with Ngomo daily at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. on um, Pacific time, I had to think about the time zone on Radio Futures as well. So before we jump into the 10 questions, I want to share with people watching and listening that if you're in need of liability insurance for your fitness business, check out, I'm going to put it on the screen here, insurefitness.com in Gomo, and you get a year's worth of coverage for $159, and it's a $20 savings. That's pretty good stuff. And if you are a fitness coach and you want to um, get some coaching for your business, uh, for your life coaching, you can also check out the partnership we have with Insure Fitness. And that is at ingomu.com slash insure-fitness-group. And you can get a year's worth of coaching, unlimited coaching at a $91 per year savings for $199 a year. So um, that is the two wonderful deals we have here for you today. So, um, Joe, ready for the 10 questions? Oh, boy. Ready as I'll ever be. My favorite part. <laughs> so what's your life's motto? My life's motto? I, you know, I'm a huge live music fan. So I, I, it's just three words. I always say, buy the ticket. Just buy the ticket to the show. I love live music. It's one of the. It's one of my favorite things to do. So me and my. It's something me and my wife do together. So, 
you know, don't ask the questions, buy the ticket, and then you figure out how to get there. <laughs> it's going to say, what are the service fees? No, just <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> what did you want to do when you grew up? Um, well, I, I always wanted to become the director of strategic partnerships for a niche insurance company. Um, no, that's, of course, that's not true. Uh, that, that, that's where my life ended up. Um, when I was young, I mean, I had visions of grandeur of becoming a professional surfer or a professional skateboarder, but you know, that dream quickly changed. I'm glad it did because those two activities are still my favorite items and things to do in my self-care routine. And if I had to do them to, to, for a paycheck, I don't know that they would still provide me the same amount of value. Um, but I am, I couldn't be happier with where my life has led me into, into this career. Life work balance. Uh, who's your biggest inspiration and why? It's this one's easy for me. This is definitely my father. My, my father was a traveling salesman. It, it's, it, well, he's not anymore. He's still alive. He's, he was a traveling salesman. But most importantly, he just taught me so much about building long term relationships, which I think has really helped me you know, into this path in my career. But in addition, he taught me about leadership and really just about being a good person. I think all of those are so important in everyday life and business and personal life and all of it. And I just I appreciate him so much. Can you share your three must-read books? Uh, sure. Yeah, my you know it. Uh, so the first two will be business books. So my my favorite all-time business book, and probably the one that's had the most impact on me, is a book called How to Become a Rainmaker. Um, it's by Jeffrey Fox. It's a you know it's about you know it's about leadership. It's about sales. Um, it's a great book. It's an easy read, and I recommend it to everybody. The second one would be Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. And I think that's just so important for mindset. It's not, you know, it, it is about, you know, a mindset that helps you succeed. But I really feel that also it also teaches you lessons in life. And it's all about it's all about the way you think is the way you think is what you are. And um, I, I love that book. I, I recommend it to everybody. The third one's probably one of my favorite books personally, and that's On the Road by Jack Kerouac. I feel like that's another should be a mandatory read for everybody. It's, you know, just a wonderful story about, you know, you know, the beatniks and, you know, and the hippies, you know, growing back in the days and taking the trip cross country. And it's a, I don't know, I just feel like it's something that everybody wants to do at some point in their life. It's just an impactful book. Good stuff. Is there a common misunderstanding or stereotype about your profession? You know, I think one of the, one of the things that we see, you know, it, 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 one of the common stereotypes in insurance is that, that, that a company, you know, you, you pay all this money to an insurance company and then when you really need them, they're going to do everything they can to not pay a claim. And, and that really couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, I will say, you know, in insurance business, there is a there is a model and there is a process to which insurance companies have to go by. And it's to find, you know, the root cause of an issue to mitigate a loss. So, you know, for instance, if, the, if, a, if, a, if a GL claim came in and a trip and fall um, claim was paid out, you know, insurance companies, you know, probably going to go down a path of trying to figure out where the real root of it is. They paid the claim out to the individual, but why did the air condition leak and whose insurance company covered that? And they may kind of go after that to recoup some of their losses. And that's really what mostly takes a lot of time to pay out a claim. It's certainly not about an insurance company trying to fight you. They do have to look at everything and make sure that what you did would be covered by them. But it's also them on, you know, there, there's a business side to it. It's not just about paying out money for everything that comes in. It's, it's understanding that, you know, paying to the right people, but then finding ways to recoup the loss on who is really negligent. So what's the one thing you do every day that adds to your success? Um, a couple of I, <laughs> this is very personal. Thing, but I, I start my day by drinking 24 ounces of water. I say that because I feel like more people should do that. I don't think we drink enough water. I, the first thing I do is I just swig this 24 ounces of water and then I stretch every day. Um, and I know those aren't reading. Those aren't necessarily business minded, but I feel like that sets me up for the, for the day. It gets me motivated and it gets me, gets me ready to go.
So what's the worst thing you've ever eaten? Um, <laughs> that's a funny question. I, you know, I always try to order the weirdest stuff on a menu. So I, I, I'm always ordering weird stuff. Probably if I had to say one of some of the worst or weirdest stuff would be barbecue in the Northeast. Um, you know, I'm from the South. And so we have a particular understanding and idea of what barbecue is. One time I went to like upstate New York and I ordered barbecue and it was not what we consider barbecue down South. So if you are from the South and you go up North, maybe just if you want to try something weird, try their barbecue. But if you want real stuff, go South of that Mason Dixon line. And that's where you're going to find the best barbecue. If anyone from up North listening, nothing intended. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Got a little comment back here in the water. So I wanted to share that with you. <laughs> oh, how big's your inner circle? It has gotten smaller and smaller over time. I mean, I have a lot of folks that I love and appreciate my acquaintances, but I've, you know, I'm a family man. So I consider my inner circle, my five person immediate family, my wife and my three kids. They're my whole world. They're my inner circle. Beautiful. If you were president for one day, what would you do? Oh boy, that one day I'm gonna. I would need a few days, but and I don't know if anybody could accomplish what I would like to accomplish. But if I would try to appeal to the middle somehow and show the world that both political parties really want the same thing, it's just a different vision of how to get there. Maybe if we could all see that, we could stop being divided by so many minor differences. Uh, that's a pie in the sky answer, but boy, I'd love to see that happen one day. The good old days. Um, so please finish this statement. Leadership is. Leadership is an action, not a position. That's not my quote, by the way, but I love that quote because it truly is. And it's, you know, people can get manager titles and I've had great managers and I've had poor managers. It has nothing to do with the title, it has everything to do with who they are and what they do. And so I, I try to live that as best I can. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate your sharing with us today here. Um, what's the best way for people to connect with you should they want should they want to get a hold of you? Yeah, please. Thank you. And so my email is um it's I'm gonna say it and then I'll spell it out just for convenience. It's jfagan at the doylegroup.com. That's J F A G A N at the Doyle Group, T-H-E-D-O-Y-L-E. G-R-O-U-P.com, jfagan at the doylegroup.com, or you can call me anytime at 904-395-3392. If I don't answer immediately, please leave a message. I'll get back to you right away. But yeah, delighted to answer any questions that we may not have gotten to today or clear up anything that may not have been clear that I stated. And again, just thank you for this. Thank you, Joe, uh, for sharing and for being here with me today. I appreciate it a lot. And this is the final episode of Ask a Coach with Ingo Move for this season. I want to thank all of our guests. I want to thank the viewers and the listeners. Thank you, Joe. I um, hope you enjoyed this season. We're going to be back in mid-June with a new series. So Ask a Coach with Ingo Move. We just want a few day, a few weeks break before we start with the new series. Um, stay tuned for more information. If you'd like to learn more, um, sign up to our newsletter at ingomu.com. If you want to learn more about our app or coaching app, also check out ingomu.com. Again, thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.